Friends, age 13. Now is the right time. As a parent or those in a parenting role, you play a crucial part in your child's or its teen's development and success. Supporting your child or teen to grow healthy friendships is important. Through relationships, your child or teen develops a sense of belonging in the world. They gain a better understanding of themselves through their interactions with you, their peers, and their teachers. Children and teens ages 11 to 14 are in the process of carving out their identity and their measuring stick is often their peers' opinions and approval. This directly impacts their self-awareness. Whereas in their earlier years, you defined their identity through your reflections, guidance, and stories, now peers will provide valuable input as your child or teen attempts to figure out what they are passionate about and what kind of person they are becoming. Not surprisingly, children and teens who feel a sense of belonging and connection to their peers have a greater sense of well-being today and in the future. And it's not about the quantity of friends, but about the quality. Research that examined teen relationships at the ages of 15 and 16 showed that those with one close friend, rather than a large group of less intimate relationships, reported higher self-worth and lower levels of anxiety and depression. But friendships require time, effort, and care. Research also reveals that it takes about 50 hours to develop a casual friendship and more than 200 hours to develop a close friendship. So when your child or teen is spending hours doing a whole lot of what you might deem nothing with their pal, you can rest assured that their time spent with friends can be a nurturing source of support and growth. Yet there are challenges. She's always staring at me. I must look weird. Or maybe she just hates me. You may hear from your 11-year-old. You may feel like these comments are suddenly coming out of nowhere. But in fact, this is a normal, healthy step in your child's or teen's development. Your children or teens can become highly self-conscious as they learn about and attempt to explore the thoughts and feelings of their peers. They begin to hear and maybe even invent criticisms of their character, their appearance, and their interests, fearing the worst, rejection. These challenges arise as a normal part of your child's or teen's development. Learning how you can support their growing friendships will help you feel more competent as a parent or those in a parenting role. The steps below will prepare you to help your child or teen through the ups and downs of growing healthy friendships. Why friends? Your child's or teen's ability to get along with others shapes their experiences in after-school activities, groups, and at school. You can offer them support as they exercise their newly forming social awareness and relationship skills. Today, in the short term, focusing on creating healthy friendships can create greater opportunities for connection, cooperation, and enjoyment, trust in each other that your child or teen has the competence to manage their relationships, and a sense of well-being and motivation to engage with others. Tomorrow, in the long term, your child or teen develops a sense of safety, security, and a belief in self, grows skills in self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and deepens family trust and intimacy. Five Steps for Growing Healthy Friendships This five-step process helps your child or teen in developing healthy friendships. It also builds important skills in your child or teen. The same process can be used to address other parenting issues as well. Learn more about the process. Here is a tip. 
These steps are done best when you and your child are not tired or in a rush. Here is a tip. Intentional communication and a healthy parenting relationship support these steps. Step 1. Get your child or teen thinking by getting their input. You can get your child or teen thinking about friendships by asking them open-ended questions. You'll help prompt their thinking. You'll also begin to better understand their thoughts, feelings, and challenges related to friendships so that you can address them. In gaining input, your child or teen has the opportunity to become more aware of how they're thinking and feeling and understand when the cause of their upset is friendship-related, can begin to formulate what it means to be a good friend, can think through and problem-solve any challenges they may encounter ahead of time, and will have more motivation and courage to try to make new friends. Actions. Engage your child or teen in a conversation about friendship. You could ask, who do you count as your friends? Why? What's important about having friends? How can you start new friendships? Practice actively listening to your child's or teen's thoughts, feelings, and worries about friendships. Use your best listening skills. Listen without judgment and without trying to problem solve. Paraphrasing is a technique to ensure you are fully understanding what your child or teen is communicating. Paraphrasing is echoing back to the person a summary of what they've said to check how accurate your listening is and also to confirm to the speaker that you have heard them. It may seem awkward at first, but this step is an important way for you to check your own understanding while simultaneously teaching children and teens how to listen for comprehension. It might go something like this. Child or teen, I asked my friend for help in Spanish class today and he just totally ignored me. Parent or those in a parenting role, modeling paraphrasing. So I hear you asked your friend for help and got no response back. If you hear a subtext of feeling, as in this example, you can also reflect back the feeling implied. Parent reflecting feeling. I get the sense you were hurt and disappointed that he didn't help you. Is that right? Learn about the meaning of friendship. In calmer moments with your child or teen, ask, What are some qualities you look for in a friend? What are qualities you have that make you a good friend? What are some of the differences between friends you have online and friends you know face-to-face? Make this a regular conversation in your household and particularly during time periods when your child or teen is having a difficult time. Use the books your child or teen reads or the shows and videos they watch to spur conversations about friendship. When reading or watching a show or video together, ask about characters' choices and how they might support a friendship or hurt a friendship. Ask open-ended questions with no right or wrong answers so that your child or teen has the opportunity to consider what it means to be a good friend. Discuss the meaning of friendship as a whole family at dinner time. Include all family members' perspectives as you talk about what you value in a friend, how you try and act as a good friend, and how you go about making new friends. Here is a tip. Sometimes feeling the need for friends, especially when they feel like they don't have many, can make a child or teen feel alone, vulnerable, and different. Reassure your child or teen that it's normal for every person to want to grow friendships. Everyone goes through challenging times trying to find new friends or realizing they've grown apart from old friends. Here is a trap to avoid. Your worries are not always your child's or teen's worries. Listen closely to what is most concerning to your child or teen without assuming they share your same thoughts, concerns, and feelings. For example, you may be worried that your child or teen only has one friend instead of a large group of friends like you did growing up. Realize that your child or teen may only need one good friend to be happy and feel understood. 
Step 2. Teach new skills by interactive modeling. Social connections are vital to your child's or teen's learning and development. Relationships require use of social and emotional skills like communication, cooperation, and conflict management. In tough times, friends can become an invaluable support offering care and understanding. Learning about what developmental milestones your child or teen is working on can help you better understand the role of friendships in their life and the challenges they may face. Understanding your child's or teen's developmental stages will also provide context for how you can best support them in their skill building. 11-year-olds are trying to assert their independence, imagining themselves in adult roles. As they are better able to see from another person's perspective, they also increase their worries about being liked, who's in and who's out, and may engage in excluding others in order to gain popularity. This is an important time to promote inclusion and kindness. Also, 11-year-olds need to realize that their peers are also worried about being liked. This helps grow their empathy for others. Friendships may come and go rapidly as they attempt to figure out where they feel they belong. 12-year-olds are gaining confidence and leadership abilities, and they may feel more secure in their friendships. They are eager to figure out more serious adult issues and explore their own thoughts and feelings related to these topics. As they seek out risks, peers will exert pressure and also support. Disturbing news and social issues could preoccupy them more with their growing social awareness. They also have a lot of energy and need for sleep, so they may have less resilience and find themselves more run down by stress. 13-year-olds can have worries related to their newly acquired body changes and physical appearance. They can be highly sensitive as they work to define their independent identity while still being dependent upon you. They will feel an ever greater sense of peer pressure, and though they may be pushing you away, they also require your continued support and guidance, including your approval. 14-year-olds may act invincible and like they know it all. Despite this, they still look to adults to set boundaries, negotiate rules, and listen to their needs. They are gaining interest in others as romantic partners and will have crushes, broken hearts, and worries related to the world of relationships. Friends will be highly important in their lives, and they may spend lots of time communicating through texts, gaming, and messaging. Gaining input and teaching safe boundaries with online communication is important at this age. Here is a tip. Digital devices play a big role in your child's or teen's social life. When cell phones, tablets, and other communication devices are introduced, gaining input and teaching safe boundaries with online communication is important. It is important to remember that teaching is different than just telling. Teaching grows basic skills, grows problem thoughts, grows problem-solving abilities, and sets your child or teen up for success. Teaching also involves modeling and practicing the positive behaviors you want to see, promoting skills, and preventing problems. Actions. Model introductions for your child or teen. Find chances in the grocery store or at the coffee shop during regular weekly activities when your child or teen is with you to model introductions to people. Introduce yourself and invite your child or teen to introduce themselves. For example, you might say to the person at the coffee shop, Hi, I come in here weekly and you've helped me many times. What is your name? It's nice to meet you. You could then ask your child or teen to introduce themselves to practice. Or you could say, This is my daughter Amanda. She is a great help. There's always a first day at a new activity, a new grade in school, or a new camp where parents and those in a parenting role are standing around saying goodbye to their children and teens. 
This is an ideal opportunity to begin making introductions. Introduce yourself and your child or teen to other parents and other children and teens. It can be as simple as shaking a hand and exchanging names. If this healthy risk makes you nervous, consider that it can be an important teaching tool to model for your child or teen on how to overcome their fears and reach out to connect with others. Knowing other parents and those in a parenting role also makes it easier to support your child or teen in social gatherings outside of school as they practice their friendship skills. Discuss your own friendship challenges. Though in the past your child or teen may have not shown any interest in your friendships, now they may be keenly at paying attention to how you manage your relationships. When you experience friendship challenges, talk them through with your child or teen. June didn't invite me to her party. Now I feel awkward when I talk to her. I'm wondering whether or not I should bring it up. This gives your child or teen a low-risk opportunity to problem-solve through a social situation. Be sure you include your values of what a good friend should act like in the conversation. They'll need lots of practice making tough decisions, so you will be giving them an added opportunity. Learn strategies together. When you start a friendship, going up to a stranger can be nerve-wracking. Your child or teen may prefer to stay in their comfort zone. Brainstorming ideas together for ways to start up a connection can add to their comfort level and may even boost their motivation to take that healthy risk. Here are a few ideas to add to your brainstorm list. Find a common interest. Sports, music, art, animals. Find a difference and learn about it. I noticed you play the piano. I've never played. What do you like about it? I'd love to learn more. Offer a specific compliment. I like your colorful backpack. No one can resist responding to a compliment. This can be a winning introduction. Ask an opinion of something you are doing together, such as, what did you think of science today? How did you feel after gym class? Ask, can I sit here? Or invite another to sit and eat. Brainstorm ahead of time what your child or teen can say if their peer's answer is no. Ask your child or teen for ideas when starting to brainstorm. Some ideas may include responding with, it is important to be kind and include others. Your child or teen could also consider sitting with different peers who are inclusive or proactively seeking peers who look like they would appreciate someone to eat with. The lunchroom can be a highly stressful environment for kids who haven't found a lunch home. If your child or teen continues to be excluded, it may be time to involve your child's or teen's teacher or school counselor. Learn listening strategies together by trying them out. Listening for understanding and connection is a skill set that can be built over time with practice and support. Modeling is a great way to teach. Actively listen. Try out active listening in which one person listens to fully understand what the speaker is saying and waits until the speaker is finished talking before responding. A response could be a simple, I get it. Make eye contact and practice placing your full focus on the speaker. Providing wait time is particularly important with children and teens, but can also be important with adults. It is normal to get anxious with your own needs and thoughts and jump in before the speaker can complete their thought. Providing wait time can allow for deeper thinking and better responses, particularly when you ask questions of others. What you may perceive as awkward silence may actually provide the space for the speaker to formulate their thoughts and come back to you with a well-considered response. Paraphrase Paraphrasing is echoing back to the person a summary of what they've said to check how accurate your listening is and also to confirm to the speaker that you have heard them. You might start, I heard you say that. Seek clarification. Seeking clarification is something that you may do naturally, 
particularly if you are listening with the intent to learn something from the speaker, you seek clarification on details so that you are certain you understand. Practice seeking clarification with your child or teen and reinforce when they are able to do it on their own. You could say, what did you mean when you said you weren't happy this morning? What happened? Practice questioning and commenting with empathy. Questioning or commenting with empathy takes practice. Instead of responding to a speaker with your own opinions or experiences, you focus solely on the content of what has been communicated. Avoid using I in your response. An example might be, Today Mrs. Smith started a new project. We are going to be examining plant cells. I can't wait. As a parent, I might be tempted to respond with, I know a lot about biology, which focuses back on you. Instead, you might say, Okay, sounds like you are excited about this project. What else are you going to do in this project? This empathetic pattern of speaking and listening may come naturally to some, but to children and teens, it is a major challenge and requires experience. Your modeling will make a difference in their own comfort with this style of communication. Children and teens need to learn how to share and to converse. They need to learn what's appropriate, what's not, what's too much, and what's too little. This is why dialogue at family meals, on road trips, and after school is critical. Consider what you typically talk about. If it's the logistics of life, when you have to go to karate, etc., you might want to think about adding some additional topics to teach your child or teen important conversation tools. For example, you could talk about interests, passions, so social connections, or situations. You could explore your child's or teen's curiosities, like how things work and what things mean. Whether your child or teen is passionate about tigers or interested in bowling, get curious, ask questions, and discuss these interests. These simple conversations show your child or teen how to share appropriately. Keep your questions or comments brief and engaging. When you are intentionally initiating a family conversation to teach your child or teen how to share appropriately, ensure that it's developmentally appropriate and something your child or teen can replicate easily. So if you choose their favorite topic of crafting to discuss, then challenge yourself to share only one or two sentences combined with a question or simply ask one question. This is more of a child or teen friendly, school friendly way of conversing that your child or teen can learn. For example, I love how you've organized your crafting supplies. Do you have a next project in mind? Use the me too rule so that each person can complete a thought without interruption. Agree with family members that when someone is saying something that is true for them as well, they make the me too sign. Shake your thumb pointing back at yourself and pinky pointing out at the other person. This prevents interruptions and also meets the needs of listeners who are eager to connect to what the speaker is saying. When you or your child or teen are in the uncomfortable position of disagreeing or arguing with another, it can be difficult to know how to respond in ways that won't harm yourself or others. That's why teaching and practicing iMessages can provide a simple structure for what you can say. This statement works effectively from partner to partner, from parent or those in a parenting role to a child or teen, and from child or teen to child or teen. Here's an example. I feel blank, insert feeling word. When you blank, name the words or actions that upset you, because blank. This helps the individual take responsibility for their own role and feelings in the problem while constructively communicating what they are experiencing. Here's how it might sound if a parent is using it with their child or teen. 
I felt frustrated and angry when you kept playing your video game because I had something important to say, and I felt ignored. iMessages can be challenging for adults to recall, so certainly your children and teens need practice. iMessages can be challenging for adults to recall, so certainly your children and teens need practice if they are going to use this effective tool. In addition to modeling it, you can also offer the word structure when you see a conflict between siblings. That prompting will help them use and practice it. Repair harm. A critical step in teaching your children and teens about friendships is learning how to repair harm they've caused, physical or emotional, and they will. Mistakes are a critical aspect of social learning. Plus, everyone has moments when they hurt another. But it's that next step that they take that matters in healing emotional wounds and repairing the friendship. Find small opportunities to help your child or teen mend relationships. Siblings offer a regular chance to practice this. If there's fighting that escalates to saying something hurtful, then talk to your child or teen about how they feel first. When you've identified that they had a role in causing harm, brainstorm together how they might make their sister feel better. You might ask, what could you do? Allow your child or teen to supply answers, and you may be surprised at how many options they generate. Support and guide them to follow through on selecting one and doing it. If you tell or even command your child or teen to make an apology, how will they ever learn to genuinely apologize? In fact, apologizing or making things right should never be assigned as a punishment, since then the control lies with the adult and robs the child or teen of the opportunity to learn the skill and internalize the value of repairing harm. Instead, ask your child or teen how they want to make up for the hurt they've caused and help them implement their idea. Step three, practice to grow skills and develop habits. Practice can take the form of cooperatively working together or trying out a new skill with you as a coach and ready support. Practice is necessary for children and teens to internalize new skills. Practice grows vital new brain connections that strengthen each time your child or teen works hard to perform the new action. Actions. Use, I'd love to see, with a positive tone and body language to express excitement and curiosity. When a child or teen learns a new ability, they are eager to show it off. Give them that chance. Say, I'd love to see the types of questions you use to gather five different pieces of information about how your sister's day went. Set a goal for yourself to reintroduce one of the conversations or listening strategies you've taught to practice as a family at dinner. Recognize effort. Recognize effort by saying, I notice statements like, I notice how you used an iMessage with your sister when you got frustrated. That's, that's excellent. Schedule friend dates or social outings. Friend dates, hangouts, and social outings can become invaluable practice for your child or teen in building connections and exercising the skills you've taught them. Learn about where your child or teen likes to see friends. Are there places to hang out socially that are desirable for your child or teen and their friends? Are they in supervised or public locations? Teens especially need spaces and places where they can be social, and if they don't have them, they'll create them. Offer opportunities for healthy hangouts by offering your home and being around to provide snacks, games, and supervision or suggest safe public hangouts like the ice cream shop, the bowling alley, or the roller rink. When it comes to figuring out who to invite over and when, follow your child's or teen's lead. Who knows why they are particularly attracted to another person and seek out their friendship? Perhaps it has to do with their developmental needs. 
but it's impossible to truly predict toward which peers your child or teen will gravitate. Who does your child or teen talk about at home? That's a perfect place to begin. Discuss a few simple rules with your child or teen in advance. Instead of feeling like you have to highly supervise every moment, go over a few basic rules to set up for success. You might want to begin with saying, each family has different rules. Let's figure out a few for our house that make the most sense. How about play appropriate and safe games? Then talk about what playing appropriate and safe means to you, such as, we keep the bedroom door open, we don't watch R-rated movies, or we don't watch movies at all. When the friend arrives, welcome them in, share your excitement for a great time, and then partner with your child or teen to communicate those few rules you've discussed. You might say to your child or teen, do you remember what we talked about as our house rules? Review your family's values and rules so your child or teen is prepared with some possible actions they can take in case those rules get tested when they are visiting a friend's house. For example, if a movie or video game is on that your child or teen knows they should not be around, remember your strategies for initiating a new activity away from an inappropriate movie or video game. It's always a great time to suggest getting outside and doing something active or asking to watch or play something different if you feel comfortable. Here is a tip. Children and teens have plenty of time and space for screens. Social gatherings should not be one of them if you want to maximize your child's or teen's social learning. Adopt the motto, friends before screens. Perhaps get out some novelty games that haven't been opened yet. Put away the screens and allow them time to work out what they'll do. If you want to offer screen time during a hangout, save it for the later so that they can get to interact first. Parents or those in a parenting role can model this by limiting your own screen or phone time when you have friends over for a meal. Step 4. Support your child's or teen's development and success. At this point, you've taught your child or teen some new strategies for making friends and growing friendships so that they can understand how to take action. You've practiced together. Now you can offer support when it's needed by reteaching, monitoring, and coaching. Parents or those in a parenting role naturally offer support as they see their child or teen fumble with the situation in which they need help. This is no different. Actions. Ask key questions to learn about your child's or teen's free time at school and whether they are interacting with others. You could ask, who did you sit with at lunch today? What did you play during gym class? When your child or teen comes to you with an interpersonal problem, such as with a friend or a teacher, reflect back feelings. It might be helpful to ask, would you just like me to listen or would you like help problem solving? If they ask for help problem solving, help them think through what choices your child or teen might have in communicating with this other person. Perhaps offer supportive language that will help them broach the topic. Then show your confidence that they can manage their own communications and work through their own problems. Children and teens are searching for privacy and trying to find their independence. They don't like to be in the spotlight feeling questioned. Too many directed questions can feel like an interrogation and can actually close the door to future conversations about friends. So if you ask open-ended questions out of curiosity, don't expect an immediate answer. In fact, leave the question hanging. Your child or teen may return to you days later with a response, having thought about what they might say. Avoid criticizing your child's or teen's friends or classmates, even if your child or teen is. Friendships and loyalties change quickly. Your child or teen may not confide in you if they feel you are going to judge. 
Listen with an open mind and open ears to show they can trust you as a confidant and support. If your child or teen's friends are acting in harmful ways, ask good questions to help your child or teen think through what they believe is right and wrong. Learn about development. Each new age will present different social challenges. Becoming informed regularly about what developmental milestones your child or teen is working toward will offer you empathy and patience. Reflect on outcomes. Remember we met Sam together on your first day of school, and you are still hanging out with him in middle school? He's become a good friend. Stay engaged. Working together on ideas for trying out new and different friendship-building strategies can help offer additional support and motivation for your child or teen when tough issues arise. Engage in further practice. Create more opportunities to practice when all is calm. Here is a tip. Attempting to forbid a friendship often leads to secrecy. Asking open-ended questions allows your child or teen to navigate their own thoughts and feelings about friendship qualities and healthy relationships. Step 5. Recognize with positive reinforcement to foster motivation. No matter how old your child or teen is, your positive reinforcement and encouragement has a big impact. If your child or teen is working to grow their skills, even in small ways, it will be worth your while to recognize it. Your recognition can go a long way in promoting positive behaviors and expanding your child's or teen's confidence. Your recognition also promotes safe, secure, and nurturing relationships, a foundation for strong communication and a healthy relationship with you as they grow. There are many ways you can reinforce your child's or teen's efforts. It is important to distinguish between three different types of reinforcement, recognition, rewards, and bribes. These three distinct parenting behaviors can have different impacts on your child's or teen's behavior. Recognition occurs after you observe the desired behavior in your child or teen. Noticing and naming the specific behavior you want to reinforce is key to promoting more of it. For example, you found a common interest with the new person you met. That is great! Recognition can also include nonverbal affirmation, such as a smile, high-five, or hug. Rewards can be helpful in certain situations by providing a concrete, timely, and positive incentive for doing a good job. A reward is determined ahead of time so that the child or teen knows what to expect, like, if you make a new friend at volleyball camp, you may invite them over to our house this weekend. If you X, then I'll X. It stops any negotiations in the heat of the moment. A reward could be used to teach positive behavior or break a bad habit. The goal should be to help your child or teen to progress to a time when the reward will no longer be needed. If used too often, rewards can decrease a child's or teen's intrinsic motivation. Unlike a reward, bribes aren't planned ahead of time and generally happen when a parent or those in a parenting role is in the middle of a crisis. Like a child or teen arguing and refusing to leave a social gathering. To avoid disaster, a parent or those in a parenting role offers to stop for ice cream on the way home if the child or teen will stop arguing and leave the event. While bribes can be helpful in the short term to manage stressful situations, they will not grow lasting motivation or behavior change and should be avoided. Here is a trap to avoid. It can be easy to fall into using bribes when recognition and occasional rewards are underutilized. If parents or those in a parenting role find themselves resorting to a bribe frequently, it is likely time to revisit the five-step process. Here is a trap to avoid. Think about what behavior a bribe may unintentionally reinforce. 
For example, offering to stop for ice cream if a child or teen quits arguing and leaves a social event may teach the child or teen that future arguments lead to additional treats. Actions. Recognize and call out when it is going well. It may seem obvious, but it's easy not to notice when all is moving along smoothly. Noticing and naming the behavior provides the important reinforcement that you see and value the choice your child or teen has made. For example, when your children or teens are using the communication tools you've taught them, a short, specific call-out is all that's needed. I noticed you introduced yourself to the other girl at the store. That took courage. Recognize small steps along the way. Don't wait for the big accomplishments, like your child or teen confidently engaging with peers they don't know at the park, in order to recognize effort. Remember that your recognition can work as a tool to promote more positive behaviors. Find small ways your child or teen is making an effort and let them know you see them. Build celebrations into your routine. For example, if your child or teen meets and includes a new classmate at lunch, recognize their effort and offer a time they could hang out outside of school. Include hugs, quality time, and acts of service in your ways to appreciate one another. In closing, Engaging in these five steps is an investment that grows your skills as an effective parent to use on many other issues and grows important skills that will last a lifetime for your child or teen. Throughout this tool, there are opportunities for children and teens to become more self-aware, to deepen their social awareness, to exercise their self-management skills, to work on their relationship skills, and to demonstrate and practice responsible decision-making. Center for Health and Safety Culture 2023 Friends, ages 11 to 14. Retrieved from https colon backslash backslash www.toolsforyourchildsuccess.org. Copyright 2023, Center for Health and Safety Culture at Montana State University. This content does not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the Tools for Your Child Success communities, financial supporters, contributors, SAMHSA, or the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.